This evening's uh, Dharma talk is titled, what's the title? No guarantee. No guarantee. On the mundane path, the everyday, uh, do this and you get that, do this and this happens, uh, cause and effect, aligning oneself with a certain structure of cause and effect, getting a degree, um, getting a, a training in a particular job, or all of the various things. I don't have to sit, sit here particularly and list them, but they're very numerous. Do this, that'll happen. There's, there's practically a guarantee that, that you will get if you spend the time at it, you will get a PhD, even if even if fundamentally you're uh, not doing so well. Eventually you'll get the credential because the credential relates to the that part of the causes that are predictable. Otherwise, you could study to get a PhD and never get one, and, and no one would have to explain it to you. A spiritual path is has a similar kind of situation to what I just mentioned in that there's really no outcome. If there's an outcome, it's the mundane path. Sometimes path is characterized as disappointing. And to one's self-centeredness, one's idea of accomplishment, one's idea of all the work we've been putting in, it can get very difficult. It's especially difficult if one uh, has wound up in one's thinking process where you keep looking for advantage, you keep looking for results. You can drive yourself even more crazy than you already were when you stepped on the path by constantly looking for results. There are some, I'm not saying there aren't, but by the time that occurs for you, uh, you won't care whether there's results or not because the very nature of your perception of the world is no longer based on success and failure. So no guarantees. <clears throat> on the Buddhist path, this might be, be what we would mean by faith. You have an understanding, you've understood what the Buddha said, you've understood what the lineage holders, teachers down through the century have uh, interpreted uh, interpreted or added to that, and you know, like the suffering that causes desire, the goal of cessation of the path is Shila Samadhi and Prajna. So it's a very relative situation that you could say, well, isn't that saying cause and effect? Well, yes, we, we have to use language, we have to use a very relative situation to even get us to move in the direction of an ultimate understanding. So when someone is, someone is in the middle, immersed in their suffering, their dissatisfaction, or their circularity, here I go again. I was doing so well, I was feeling so good, and now I just feel like I'm in the dumps or whatever. And from the point of view of the teachings, uh, that's suffering. That's what you're doing, and you're learning what this is, and you're not only learning it as information, you're learning it as the very beingness that you are. You're actually... It actually goes beyond the information. The information is good and supportive. The Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path, the Twelve Links from the Chain of Existence, and so on and so forth. The Five Paths, the Three Paths, so on. And helpful, we go back and we discuss those, especially with Sangha. It's very important to, not so important for you to learn more, but for you to participate in that, uh, the Three Jewels, the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha. Seems to be, Sangha seems to be quite often, as I've said, I think eight times, acid. <laughs> the pill isn't acid. <laughs> it's not, no. <laughs> Very good. Whoa. <laughs> Where was I? So, what am I getting at? I'm saying that there's no guarantees, meaning that whatever you're doing something, 
if your self-centered mind starts to look ahead for where I'm heading or am I going to live up to uh, some kind of standard of excellence or a standard of sanity or purity or um, some kind of elaboration on your your uh, your ideas about awakening or about transcendence. Probably going to be get kind of dizzy in that area. It might take a few years to start getting dizzy. So at the same time, it's not about shutting down or stopping or not having any expectations or looking for some kind of outcome or guarantee. Or so it's always about awareness. It's always about about noticing, seeing, accommodating, feeling, sensing, smelling, tasting the space in which various things occur, like a sense of expect, expectation or a sense of wanting a result. Or, so you don't have to do anything with those things other than be aware of them. Quite often use the image of the sky and the clouds. The sky isn't doing anything except accommodating clouds. And the clouds are just kind of elbowing their way in. But it can't really say to the sky, move over. The very nature of that is non-existent in the relative sense. So it seems to be necessary to in order to see the emptiness the, that our, our feelings, emotions, thoughts, ideas, perceptions are empty of what we impute or empty of what we think they are. And you can't really do that very well, or at least in a, you could say, timely fashion, if you're uh, persistently and constantly avoiding it by going into your opting for your thought patterns. The thought patterns are maybe much more comfortable to think about it, worry about it, fret about it, analyze it, elaborate on it. And what I would say is uh, very similar to what my teacher, uh, Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche, uh, said is the only way around is through. You can't really go around difficulty. If you meet difficulty, it doesn't mean charge into it, but it means if you're moving towards it, don't, don't put on the brakes, don't drag your feet, and also don't necessarily speed it up out of some kind of wanting to get somewhere, wanting to get it over with. What am I saying? Allow, allow yourself to suffer. Allow yourself to have, give yourself some room. You're born, you're alive, you've been here for a few years, you don't know how you got here, you don't know when you're going to leave here. While you're here, wouldn't it be a good idea to see what this is about? Most people just use their life to wring out some kind of partial uh, relative kind of happiness, just to, to wring out the, the, the juice out of their life on some level. Not particular, particularly accusing anyone of anything. Uh, I'm just saying that uh, we tend to buy into the polarity and, and with our analysis, our ideas, which may be, have a relative uh, uh, correctness, you know, may relatively doing this may be more difficult, doing this may be easier. So it's not, it's not about not doing that. It's about bringing a lot of awareness to everything you're doing. If you're continuing to uh, function in a way that's not so helpful, um, rather than try to stop that without really seeing what it is, it might be a good idea to train your mind, which is, of course, I'm saying, stretch the awareness. Do it a lot. You have to do it a lot. It's, it's, sometimes I hesitate to tell people because I, I want them to start. I would like people to practice, but I hesitate to tell them how long this is going to take. But I'm here to tell you. Take some. Unless it does not. You may have, uh, if I could say it this kind of a romantic way, you may have the karma where you're going to be, uh, you know, be a bodhisattva in six weeks. Unlikely. Other people see bodhisattvas. Bodhisattvas don't see anything but this. Bodhisattvas don't see themselves as bodhisattvas. That's that's a path. That's a name for the path. It's not a name for uh, that being who is whose whole life is about serving others, helping others. Imagine what it'd be like to actually to actually take on the negativity of someone, else. and you don't get to tell them you're doing it. Someone else has 
tremendous suffering or pain and you're going to take it, but you don't get to go and say, oh, I'm taking your pain. That's probably what I'm doing a lot of Tonglen for you and my tree bottom. Got you covered. But you could actually do that to some extent, especially for people that are really uh, you're having a lot of difficulty with. You could take 10 minutes out of your 24 hours and just turn it around. I'm not saying do, doing Tonglen. I don't particularly uh, recommend Tonglen. I'm not in an argument with um, Shantideva or anybody or Trungpa Rinpoche or Pema Chodron for that matter. I'm not in an argument with anybody. I just don't teach that. I teach a little uh, that a little bit different way. I don't, what I say is just just generate loving kindness or caring for others. Not to do it, not, not, I don't recommend doing it by following the breath. Was that a special delivery? Was it what I think it was? <laughs> Give them $100, seven bucks. No. no, we do what we can. So the idea with I'm not suggesting that you stop looking for some kind of credential or some kind of a, even a guarantee, but just do it with your awareness rather than with your thinking process of trying to stop it or tamp it down or be a better non-guarantee expecting meditator. Actually notice the way that comes up that you're looking for some kind of a credential, some kind of sign that what you're doing is not a waste of time. If you've been, if you've lived here for a few years, which many of you have, there, there's always that passage where you're sitting at the wall and you're wondering if it's because uh, you're not really getting a lot of feedback out of what you're doing, perhaps. And I would say, do it anyway. Continue anyway. Do it anyway. And if you do that, you'll notice the expectations uh, about any kind of guarantee or any kind of result. If you just if you're just here, if you just sit here, you're just here, you're just here, and the time comes, time goes, clock ticks. I can answer some questions or I can continue it off. Negative that we take in, is that less negative for others? I, I, you, know, you could say that, possibly. I don't know that, but that's the idea is when negativity arises, if it's coming towards you, don't stop it, uh, don't pull on it, don't, don't explain it, and don't shut down on it. Do as little as possible. We all have plenty of negativity. One day in your life is filled with comings and goings of positive feelings, negative feelings, neutral feelings, maybe some boredom, maybe some excitement. Quite often things are just going this way and that way. And there could be some of that. I, I wouldn't go, go so far as to say that would be your motivation necessarily. It's difficult enough just to take, take your own negativity that's coming towards you. But at some point you may, you may find yourself accommodating others suffering also. And they, they, May or may not know that. Doesn't matter. Well, further questions? Cody? Uh, does like the amount of space around an object. Is there a context for your question? I'm following you, but is there. Came out of the metaphor of the sky, mm -hmm. like if there's a lot of sky. A lot of room. Yeah, and does that then affect the clouds? So if you're asking, asking it in that way, then I would say yes, there's a lot more room, there's less. Um, there's less uh, chance of some kind of paranoia based on on being closed in by things. And the idea there is uh, is to sit down and look at the lack of spaciousness in your mind. And this is how the mind, you could say, becomes more spacious. It's already very spacious, but we shut it down with our hope and our fear and our self-centeredness, our turning away from things we don't like and our turning towards with things we like or want based on passion, aggression, and ignorance. But I would say it uh, it, it affects it in the sense that it's it, it's free to just float you can just be there, you know. the the one one who is uh, is realized or clear, whatever you want to call them, about the situation uh, is all kinds of things are coming and going. But the the space in which those things occur is uh, boundless. The mind is no longer constricted by 
by intense feelings between this or that or resentment or irritation, or, uh, unless it is. And this is why it's so challenging, is because if you start to make some headway, my friends, you start to see that you're starting to have more clarity. You're no longer blaming people like you used to. You're actually dealing with your own self-centeredness in a different way. And you notice you can actually hear what people are saying without a constant chatter coming out of you about what they're saying. You can actually, what is it called, listen? You actually will really notice that you're beginning to listen to people. You actually do that so precisely that you, you begin to see what's behind their confusion. You see that they're suffering, that the reason they present themselves in such a irritating way they're suffering deeply and that you begin to see that because you've you've not interfered with your own suffering by covering up explaining it away blaming someone else being aggressive or even just ignoring shutting down and having a budweiser so if you're living here which you are and if you're if you're in this room then i wouldn't worry too much about fueling ego i'd worry use that word worry i'd worry about getting the damn thing in view actually seeing the self-centeredness without uh, manipulating it at all. Actually see the way in which you have preferences. Don't stop them. Don't change them. Don't try to make an artificially shiny ego which passes for Buddha nature. So there are different ways to... I usually do this individually rather than say everybody needs to do 100,000 prostrations. I I don't teach like that. I teach to the individual. Therefore, I don't need very many students. Don't want very many. Keep coming. What can we keep going? Mm-hmm. So, so I think it's different. Uh, it's different with each person, but probably or possibly some kind of uh, uh, some kind of working with uh, the forums besides the sitting practice of meditation, shikantaza, to possibly work with another kind of form, with a contemplative form. If you have a story around that, would be to to do this, uh, just a, a sitting practice, mindfulness practice that's uh, that is about just observing of shikantaza just sitting here and observing. And then if uh, uh, one of the ways that I talk, uh, uh, recommend that people to do is if there's something that's really difficult for them, just write it on a card, put it in front of them, one word, two words, so that 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 helps you go into, excuse me, conceptually go into that area where where things are difficult. Um, There are other ways, there are uh, mantras, the just saying, to yourself in your own the privacy of your own space thank you very much i had to go right to the emotion thank you very much i have no complaints whatsoever in the midst of the complaint is to actually go right into that and just uh, as as the uh, tibetans would say just get used to it just go in and just get used to the difficulty rather than looking for some kind of a, of a way out it can be very claustrophobic for self-centeredness or, e- or ego to do this and it seems this is why we need strong forms why we need in our case we need a monastery I've spent a lot of time, uh, decades and decades, with a little group of people meeting once or twice a week, and at the same time, seeing that it's going to take a lot more than once a week. I mean, it needs to be some kind of a stronger uh, gathering of Sangha, study of the Dharma, and a lot of meditating. So the downside of what you're talking about is some feels are good. You're having difficulty with it. It doesn't seem to be moving. But the upside of it is that's how it feels to do this. You've been doing this two years. A little over two years? For two years. Keep going. Not that time, not that a year, two years is any kind of a measure, but it's a little bit. Gives you a little bit of an idea. More. Shit. Yeah. Um, can. Where does it come from? Yeah. I think it, uh, in, in it's relative to some extent. 
So it's just the, the form, the structure, the sangha, the teaching person that you have a connection with, the sangha, that you're here at all, and then uh, the vow. The, the vow, when you receive the vow or observe the vow to be with all things, that's the bodhisattva vow. Save all beings. Put everyone before yourself. If you're, if you're here and someone is over here that's aggravating or irritating to you, another person or another, or even a situation, wouldn't even have to be a person, um, give that your attention. That's where the generosity starts with anything. You, first, you have to give them your attention, which means you have to really see what is there, the tone of their voice, the, just using a person as an example, the tone of their voice, the tilt of their head, the, the, the content of what they're saying, um, any, any kind of uh, movement of their hands, give them. And at the same time, you're giving that the attention, give your attention to the birds outside the window, your own body position, how you're standing. Uh, if you have uh, movements, I'm not saying you have to be a, aware of every little uh, hand expression, but you should know what your body's doing as you're moving around, just like I am express myself by moving my hands, my arms. But there's, a, there's an awareness that is with that. And so that, uh, mm-hmm. but, well, it's not separate from it. So it just looks like it is. Uh, like, like I sometimes say, um, don't blame. You won't have to forgive anybody. Forgiving somebody is a misunderstanding of the, what this world is. I'm not saying you shouldn't shouldn't be done sometimes, of course. But really, just stop blaming. And if you are blaming somebody for something, see if you can find the tail of it. It's like a mouse going down a hole. Get them by the tail and pull them back out. A little reverse engineering. We got a book coming out on that. Mouse tail engineering. So it's a it's just the idea of notice that you've been doing that and see if you can't back it up a little bit, not with some kind of aggression. But with some awareness, some insight around it, that you could, like you would treat an unruly child, a child that's, you know, you would say, let's slow down, let's let's cooperate here a little bit. Even children are open to that if you work at it. Good question. So no guarantees. In other words, whatever you're doing, you may never attain enlightenment. You may never have realization, or you may you may uh, spin in circles and be chasing uh, realization halfway up the mountain. There are lots of sidetracks. Go on, uh, go on the internet, go on YouTube, look at all the, the teaching situations that are go on, going on there. Listen to a couple of them. You might find something you like better than this. And what would I say about that? Go do it. Go check it out. There's nothing here to particularly promote other than find out who you are. Train your mind. If you can do it here, I'll help you. We'll all help you. you need to go somewhere else, and maybe you do. Yes? So there are side Is there any? Uh, there can be. And, then, and I think it's... Uh, it's individual uh, because the causes and conditions that arise as any person, just like our the way we talk, the way we walk, the tone of our voice, the way we handle negativity, the ha- way we handle compliments is so different. Some people, you can compliment them and they'll say, oh, thank you. And other people just start beaming like Shoka. <laughs> He's beaming right now because I... <laughs> He's not even a Leo. How many Leos do we have here? Two. So with Leos, that's ruled by the sun. We should be able to turn all the lights off. You guys can light up. <laughs> so uh, sun's um, astrology. Everybody has their everybody has Leo in their charts. So can't get away from it. You got side turner that is. <laughs> Brad. Side tracks. <laughs> I have your name by the way. I have your I have your, your Jukai name. You're not going to be called Brad much longer. What will I do? Probably forget somebody's talking to you. Go ahead. Go ahead with your question, please. Uh, can sidetracks 
bring us back before? Yeah, I think so. The awareness, awareness that you've been going this way or that way, uh, the without even a lot of uh, energy, particularly you, just the awareness will uh, bring you back onto the path, and it can be be uh, sometimes embarrassing that you've been. It might not show to others, but be kind of embarrassing that you you actually thought you were getting something, and you then you realize, to put it in a simple way, you realize that that was a sidetrack. We're kind of you know seduced by it, pulled into it, hooked. Yeah, this is what a guarantee looks like. You stop looking at the path, and you're looking at the guarantee and trying to live up to it. It's a standard, in in a way. You're thinking, well, if I just keep doing this, then everything will work out, or everything will get better. Things are probably not going to work out, but that doesn't mean you have to be negative. Let me say it this way. If you realize what this is, you won't need relative happiness. You won't need the kind of happiness that comes and goes, because you understand so deeply what this is, that you're no longer at war with anything, in particular your own negativity. You're not at war. Negativity can come up. Sometimes it can express itself. Those of you who know me well know, know that I get irritated. Well, not with you. <laughs> or Cody. Let's see, who else wouldn't I? Not Shoka. Further questions, please. Yes. How do we keep David. looking without looking for... Well, you can look and see the way you're, that shows up for you. So just, just whatever's, whatever's the way I teach it is whatever's moving, it's fair game. But you have to hold very still so that the contrast... Uh, you begin to see what is arising. Because if you're moving around, if the body's moving, the body and mind are so integral that if, if the body's moving, it's not wrong, nothing wrong with it, but it's very difficult to see if there's some kind of uh, self-deception or circularity is going around uh, where you're buying into something, believing this, disbelieving that. But if you're holding very still, uh, over time, you begin to see uh, more and more subtle ways in which the mind moves. And which uh, subtle ways in which there's some kind of success and failure thing happening on more and more rarefied levels. Yes, that would be. All I'm really saying is it's it's very hard to see the subtlety of thought patterns if you if you're always being taken away by them. If you're if you get hooked by them and and go into some kind of a, a trail around it should be it should be they shouldn't have done that. I don't know why. What I was thinking about. Those kind of things that run around in our mind it takes a while. So first you have to actually, that's why beginning meditators, first you have to actually see how, how crazy you are. You have to see, and sometimes people don't realize that might take a couple of years. You sit down and watch and see that where you actually feel like you're getting worse when actually you're just starting to see what's always been there. You've been covering up. So by holding still, it's just a, it's artificial because you're, usually hold still, you're holding very still, all of your senses are open, and you are endeavoring to, or putting the priority on just just watch. So your job there is to just see, smell, taste, touch, hear, think. Just whatever happens is, is, uh, is uh, appropriate. And in this way, we're training ourselves to see the, the nuance and see the subtlety of everything, not only in the mind, but in the apparent other thing that's going on is outside. Fundamentally, they're not that different. So, but it seems to be, it's hard to practice meditation in action unless you practice meditation with as little action as possible. More? The little, little action is that this away. Paraphrase your question. When we hold still, is there something that's set up for you? Paraphrase that then. <laughs> that looks or allows us. Okay, yeah. I, I feel that, that that's a possibility. You could, by slowing down, you could see how you've had a little handshake agreement with yourself on some subtle level that you might have been missing. 
that we're at, uh, where you're kind of saying, if this doesn't work, I'm going to do something else. And it needs to live up to your standard. And that's what it means when it says in the sutra, don't set up standards. I'm not saying you can't have some kind of guideline, guideline for something. We have all kinds of them in here. People get very irritated by them if I change them the slightest bit. And it's and it's about it's about awareness. So my friends, it's about seeing what is happening rather than changing it into something better or making it something worse. It's about seeing it. Give give your own craziness some time. If you can make friends with your own craziness, which means you don't fight with it, you don't try to get rid of it, you don't try to change it into uh, transmuted into uh, uh, the Vajra-like Samadhi, you're just with it. You're just there. You're just with it. Then, as you go along in your life, you will be able to work with the, the suffering of the world, the people you meet in the world that are intensely suffering and have it all covered up so much that they just smile all the time and go bowling. Yes? How is a form different from a standard? Well, the way it's expressed is the, the form is something that uh, you, you may you may set up the form. You may decide, I'm going to sit every morning at such and such a time and like you do here, the form is there and you, you agree to it. And so you're doing it, but you're not setting it up. You're just, this is how the form is. You're just doing it. It's time to get up, time to go practice, time to do this, time to do that. But setting up a standard is setting up something that you're trying to live up to or measure up to, or that other people should be measuring up to this. Like if you're sitting in the, uh, if you're sitting in the doan seat, you've been there for a couple of hours, and someone else comes in, jangles their keys, car keys, uh, plops down on their zapu zabitan like it's their personal living room or something without any regard for anyone else as far as you can see I have no idea what's going on with them but there's a standard there we we, we we're, we're we're following the form and but we have a standard for them which, which is they need to follow the form it's very it's a very subtle area and in, in order to work with that skillfully you could say you really have to understand your own negativity because otherwise you'll correct them. You'll correct them out of your misunderstanding of what's happening. So you have to have to relate to that. You can actually use that as a Dharma gate. Watch what you, while your own negativity comes up around that. Now, obviously, we need to operate out of some kind of understanding, some kind of openness. If they continue to make a racket, then, then that's maybe too much. So you might have to go and say, you know, maybe you should take a break in the other room with as little sarcasm in your voice as possible. <laughs> and body posture shouldn't be like this. Yes, go ahead. When something like that occurs, how do we know to act out of enough or whether that action is coming out of... You won't know when. You won't, you really won't. I, I, I wish that I could just because I, I don't want people to have difficulty. I wish I could tell you, I wish I could guarantee or make a promise or something, but it doesn't work that way. You actually have to go through your own Dharma gate yourself. You have to actually deal with that more. We suspect that any action building up meditation. I wouldn't say uh, make it as a as a form or a protocol, but probably not. Uh, as I often say, don't do anything unless you have to. Hold up, wait a minute. You know, hold on a minute. Give it a little bit of time and see what changes. Common word is patience. Just hold still and watch what continues to ramble or run around, including your own mind, including your own reaction, give it some time, like we sometimes say when we're having difficult difficulty with another person, especially in our sangha in this community, we I recommend that you sit down with the person, look look in their eyes, face them, and the first half a minute or even minute should be just looking at each other. So that you so because it's invisible. The the actual awareness that needs to be there is uh 
is being crowded out by the thought patterns, the judgments, the ideas, the expectations, the irritation, the blaming. So you sit down, you look at the other person, and uh, you know you we're not separate. You can you can feel it. If you sit down and look at somebody, you can feel it. You can see it. You can understand it. You understand it out of here, not out of here. This kind of just gets just changes gears. So you're just here. You might not even say anything. You might even say, "Well, I was irritated with you, but I'm not now. Thank you very much. Get up and end it." Or you might go into a conversation about that. You may have to talk it out. You may have to say, "I, I keep." Getting irritated with you about this uh, something you're doing, you follow me a little bit more. In the example of someone yes, if there's an appropriate time to act, there's still could be. And the irritate you're not necessarily waiting for the irritation to go down. You're just you, the expectation or some kind of promise that the irritation will go away. There, it just can't work that way. Otherwise, we're back in the mundane path and we're back following our breath and trying to make get make ourselves into a more aware person. This just ties into the self-centeredness and, and, and the whole credential mentality of being somebody who's meditated a long time feels like they're more aware than everyone else. Probably not the case. So go ahead. When you say it that way, I think you're already doing it. That's how it feels to do this. And, and I'm not saying everybody is going to say uh, feel like the way Junchu is talking, but everybody has different kinds of passages they have to go through and have to deal with. And they... Sometimes there's a, can be a lot of negativity there, but that is we try to look at that as a dharma gate rather than something you need to get rid of or something you need to explain or something you need to avoid or find another gate that's easier. So whatever your whatever your negativity or your difficulty is, just just be with that. And sitting practice of meditation will help you uh, not bust through it, aggression, not explain it and blame someone else, uh, passion. And not uh, shut down, distract yourself, or think about something else, or uh, ignore it. It's difficult. And I can say this to everybody here. If you're, if you're listening to me, we have some kind of connection. Maybe 10 more minutes. I don't know. But you can do this. But it takes a lot of persistence and repetition without any, uh, any um, necessary reward coming back. That's, that's the reward. Or that's the materialistic, mundane way that life works. This is this is difficult. That's why uh, Buddha Dharma and Sangha is such a great model for this. Sir, does the response come there's a sense of equalness of the situation? Could be a sense of uh, usually uh, equanimity works in flashes, so or balance, so things seem balanced. But if there's any grasping at that, if if you want to maintain the balance, or if you think this, I mean, you know, the word might be in the back of your, uh, in the you know, the uh, third door on the left, you know, might be. I think I'm making some progress here. I think I can keep this equanimity going. I think I understand it. Uh, you're probably dealing with some level of spiritual materialism. It's not going to be dangerous, uh, especially if you sit a lot and if you uh, come and let me bark at you a little bit. Or, or Sangha, just relate to Sangha. That's a powerful, very powerful teacher is relating to people who are practicing the same path, have the same teacher, and have the same inspiration to clarify their mind and live a, a sane, uplifted and uh, and uh, lose the war with everything. So that equanimity, uh, what we wa- do there is we watch the way we grasp at it as, as if it were something. It's called spiritual materialism. We take what is happening, at which is just its basic nature, is open space. Who you are is just open. There, there isn't anything there. It's called emptiness. Emptiness of self, emptiness of other. And, uh, and the way we see that as living beings is 
uh, the way the Yogacharans, uh, Asanga and his brother Vasubandhu and uh, sutras back in uh, a couple thousand years ago say that everything is perception only. It's without a subject and it's without an object. It's fundamental situation. If there are eyeballs and if there are perception, then it's just the perception. There is nothing being perceived and there's no one perceiving. And uh, that's about as close as you're going to get to magic. More about that balance? That's a good one. It seems when you become more equal with the situation and you just allow it to be with you, that sometimes it comes closer to where the, the choice becomes choiceless. Look at it so long, it just yeah. loses its anchors. Okay. You have a question about it. Andrew, I'm following you. You have a question. How does that equalness present itself so it is not spiritual materialism? Disappears. No longer have that reference because the, that equanimity is not something that happens to you. Uh, if it happens to you, then that's there's still materialism going on of, of a different level. Maybe not like uh, someone uh, without any awareness at all, but I'm saying there's still some of that grasping. But when the equanimity, you're not separate from it, then you are the equanimity. If you understand the teachings of the Buddha, you realize it, then there's no separation between you, the Buddha, and anything else you see, experience, hear, smell, taste, touch. Everything is uh, preaching the Dharma all the time. And so, not to take away, because it sounds like the way you describe that, that you're, you know, you have some, some intention to go deeper into that and to understand how that works, to understand what's fundamentally happening there. And so I would say, investigate, but don't conclude. No conclusion. Always just include. You include, you include until there isn't anything left to include, the way of saying it. And then you explode. Or not. Maybe you won't show. Good. Uh, not necessarily. Uh, we, if someone happens, something happens to someone, and we we feel some empathy or some feeling. We are, are their feel what's happening with them, and we can kind of feel it. Uh, you just feel uh, they're suffering, and you you can feel that kind of thing. You can resonate with it. So I don't think necessarily. But then if there's a if there's a promotion of empathy, or if there's a you know using that as some kind of a, a cover up for awareness or cover up uh, covering up your own vulnerability by you know s professing to be a person who just cares for others I, I, I could do it this way i just care for others i never think of myself i'm always just thinking for others that's why i'm a, um, a nurse or that's why i'm uh, always going and volunteering when actually what all that's doing is kind of covering up your own um fear so I think the way you're asking it, I think it's, I wouldn't say it's spiritual. Drew from Florida has two questions. Yes. Is to be motivated by a guarantee of any sort reflective of an ego flexing its decision-making muscles, so to speak? Otherwise, is there acting simply because you have to? Yeah. Drew and I are on the same wavelength. All I have to do is say one word. That's exactly or not. And Gary Huey from Traverse City. Gary, where have you been? He asks, as the... Feeling of anger push, pushes me on. Is focusing on perception only a form of ignorance as I avoid the feelings of angry anger? Is perception only even possible when angry? Uh, that might be the only time it's possible because the rest of the time you're, you're taking a pass on everything. It seems to be necessary to have intense uh, clarity around anger and intense clarity around passion. And even clarity of a sort around ignorance to really be able to uh, to be able to understand what perception only is. It's not going to necessarily come out of some kind of philosophical speculation. It has to you have to feel it everywhere. Further questions? Also, like to remind everybody about the donation boxes in the hallway, which gladly accepts your 
multiple dollars checks. See Jinshu for debit and credit cards. May America this penetrate into all places so that we in every sentient being.